Cameron Diplomats, I would say like that's the first like group I really, really enjoyed. Um and like I was a huge fan of and then like I moved on to stuff like 50 Cent, like whatever, whatever was was like hot at the time. But I, I really, my first introduction to hip hop was like underground, like New York street rap, like half a mil and AZ and shit like that. Like really grimy shit, Big L. I really liked the uh, D Block. That's my first like hip hop. But I was also listening to like pop at the same time. So it was like a weird, <laughs> weird like smorgasbord of bullshit. I'm DJ Semtex. This is the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast with JPEG Mafia. JPEG Mafia, man. Do I call you Peggy? Is it cool if I call you Peggy or like JPEG or what, what's the best way? What's what's word? Man, you can call me whatever, whatever, whatever's clever, man. Peggy. Um, yeah, Peggy's fine. Okay, so like Peggy, I I, I just want to know what was your first experience with hip hop? How did you first get introduced to it? Shit, man. Cameron, <laughs> Cameron, Cameron, diplomats, um, <clears throat> shit, fucking, uh, Cameron, diplomats. I would say like that's the first like group I really really enjoyed, um, and like I was a huge fan of, and then like. <laughs> I moved on to stuff like 50 Cent, like whatever, whatever was was like hot at the time. But I, I really my first introduction to hip hop was like underground, like New York street rap, like half a mil and AZ and shit like that. Like really grimy shit. Big L. I really like the D block. That's my first like hip hop. But I was also listening to like pop at the same time. So it was like a weird, <laughs> weird, like smorgasbord of bullshit. <laughs> all right so so it's all of that east coast sound is like you know it's like the boom bap era well it's kind of coming out of the boom bap era it's like that that turning point right where it went from you know illmatic and it was written and then when the locks came out and everything else it was kind of it started to change at that point half a mil was dope like he, yeah he, he had so much promise man you know yeah he did man he really did i like it's unfortunate but like yeah the a lot of a lot of that stuff guided how I uh, first started to rap, I guess. So what what came first, making beats or rapping? Like, where did it begin for you? Making beats, for sure. I didn't, I listened to that shit, but I didn't want to rap. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't, I had no interest in rapping until um, like later on. I didn't really feel like rapping. I didn't like rapping. I didn't care for it really. I just wanted to produce, um, but I started rapping because like people just didn't really get the beats. So it was like, or I would do something on the beat to show them what I wanted done. And then they would be like, oh, you know, fuck what all, fuck all that, bruh. I'm finna do this, this and this, and just do whatever the popular rapper was doing at the time. I was like, nigga, nobody wants to hear that. There's type beats for that. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I work too hard on this shit for you to come and do your fucking Playboy Cardi impression on this shit. Get the fuck out of my face with that bullshit. So, like, out of necessity, I started doing the shit myself because, like, it was just kind of the same reason I started mixing and mastering because, like, I tried to, nobody else cared as much as I did. So I was just like, I guess I'll just do it myself. And it was the right decision. So that's kind of where I started rapping. But I started out producing it first. 
Okay. What what equipment was you using when you started producing? Like, what did you start on? What did you start out on? And what are you using now? Uh, I started out on fucking Audacity. It's like a free thing. And now, I, I mean, I use everything. I don't really use one thing. I guess I use Pro Tools. <laughs> when you're making beats like do you start with the drums the bass line is it a melody like how how, i I just want to introduce what you do to people who may not have heard of you or may not be aware of who you are yet but yeah it's just it's it's dope to see that you're doing everything like but what what comes Uh, first when you're making a track i mean i don't really know that's not really like a a set question it's like a I, I I couldn't really answer that honestly. I I mean I I can give you an answer that maybe people want to hear. Maybe I start with the melody first or something. But I really that's not really the truth. It's just like I start with whatever I need to, wherever it needs to start. It doesn't. There's no like set blanket set of ways to start something. You just kind of start wherever you feel. How did you come up with the name? What JPEG Mafia? Yeah yeah yeah. Shit man. It was in it was a out of all. I had some friends in Japan and we um, were going off of like titles, like how ASAP had titles, like ASAP Rocky, ASAP uh, Ferg, et cetera. Um, you know, then we, we just switched the title to the back end. So the title is Mafia and anything can come be- uh, before that. So like, yeah, I'm JPEG Mafia and other people were like Dropbox Mafia, whatever, right. you know. Whatever could anything can come before that Semtex Mafia. <laughs> it could just like <laughs> just kind of anything can fit in there. So it's just a way to be in a group. But there's no group. It's just me. When when you're making beats, are you are you thinking for the crowd or is it just for you? Like you thinking, you know what, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna rap on this, or is it just like whatever feels right? Yeah, whatever. It could be that, but like, it's not. Not every time. It just depends on what mood I'm in, or where I'm at, where I, where the music is being made, what's going on. It just depends on that, really. Look, 2020 is probably one of the worst years I've ever experienced. Like, is is fucked up for a lot of different reasons. But how did it affect you? Um, trash. <laughs> Pretty bad, pretty garbage. Um, I don't know, man. I was I was fine at first, and then it just kind of got worse as it went along. So now nah, I just don't really give a fuck about nothing. So it is what it is. I don't know. At this point, like I just want to perform again. I think I'm just bored or something. Yeah, okay. bored. That's the right word I'd use. I'm bored. <laughs> so for EP two. What, what was your approach to making that? Like, you know, in the lockdown, is it, does it change anything or is it you still in the lab? Is everything the same? Everything cool? Wait, so you said with EP2, like, like how was it made, you mean? Yeah, like, you know, we're in a lockdown, man. Like, we're not used to this. Like, I'm not, I know a lot of artists who are affected by it, you know, creatively and mental, mentally, you know? I rate anybody who's able to put a project together that's dope and actually release it because it's not the same. It's not the same as before. You know, it's, it's, we ain't got the shows, you know, it's different. Yeah, it's kind of, it's terrible. <laughs> um, 
I mean, this project is different because it's just more hateful and more um, straight to the point than like, you know, I kind of designed it to be more um, accessible, if that makes sense. So it's designed to be accessible and designed to be like to encourage replay value. But the content itself is just, you know, all disrespect. So that's really like, but instead of, I don't have to, I'm not shouting at anybody or anything. I'll just calmly tell you about yourself. <laughs> like I don't have to yell anything at anybody. But th- for me, I just wanted to do that for an EP, for, for one project, or this short, and it's just like, all right, I'll just, it, an EP can take the form of anything. So, you know, I just figured why not take the form of this for like one little project, it's fine. And then I'll go back to doing something else. Your track titles are as good as the music. Like, Puff Daddy was crazy. Take it back for a minute. But, but Puff, yeah. Puff Daddy sonically was off the wall. Like, that track wasn't supposed to make sense sonically, but it did. It was insane, you know. And the fact that you call it Puff Daddy, it was, it was dope. But that that's one of the joints that I was playing for a while on air. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Nah, that's yeah, dope. me and Kenneth, the man with the plan. But yeah, that, that, that's a good record. I wouldn't even know how to channel that kind of energy now because I haven't performed live in so long. It's like, it feels almost out of place, but I miss, I miss being in environments like that for sure. I can relate as a DJ. Like, I miss festivals. I miss the crowds. I miss the mosh pits. I miss the, I miss the dust all over my laptop. I miss just the turn up, man. Just, just playing shit at audacious levels. Like, it, it's killing me. So I can imagine what it's like for yourself. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm in that, I'm in that same pain, man. I'm in that same separation. Yeah, it's, it's not good, man. I don't like it. I wanna, I really would like to go out and have a crowd, and just like, you know, just go to a show. You're not even, even, even if I'm not performing, I just like to go to a show. Like I just like to go out somewhere. I just like having the option, mm. you know. But like, yeah, with that option gone, it's just kind of like, what even is anything? <laughs> you know? Like, what's the yeah. point? What was the last show that you witnessed? Probably my, one of my own shows. And actually, it was in London. The last show I did was in London at the the Earth Earth Academy or something like that. Right. Yeah, that was, that was the last show. And then I dipped out because COVID was getting serious. And that was the last show I performed. Wow. I did two nights there, and then, yeah, I had to come back to America. And I haven't been back since. I haven't gone anywhere since. <laughs> Crazy. I, I was supposed to connect with you on a previous run when you was at the Scala, and for some reason, it just didn't happen for some reason, I think. You know what, in the days when nothing's going to happen, it just it just wasn't happening. So, yeah, yeah. But, um, I, remember, I remember that show. Um, Fucking, I don't know what happened. Probably just some management mess up or something. Yeah, it's cool, it's cool. But the crazy thing is the last show I saw before lockdown was YBM Corde. He was at that same venue. And it was just, the day after it was like the end of life. It was just done. That was it. Just like that. Everybody was like thinking it was going to be a few weeks. It's like a year later. Still here. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like the new EP. Man, that shit sucks. No, I'm just joking. I'm just, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> yeah, I like to fix yourself, John. Especially the line, I love my baby like Trump loves Putin. I was like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Yeah, man. 
<laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to go into more depth because I don't want to get poisoned. But yeah, I love that fucking. I love that line too. <laughs> That's crazy. And then and then and then just reversing, just going back to 2016. Yo, you did a project called the Black Ben Carson. That's deep. Yeah, man. A lot of my um, a lot of my content back then can probably be applied to today, but. A lot of people's content is like that. Ice Cube's content is like that. Public Enemy's content is like that. It's just that when you're serious about talking about issues like that, it always ages well because it's dead ass serious. It's not a joke or edgy as they used to say I was. It's like, it's serious shit. And of course it aged well. So like, yeah, I'm, a lot of that stuff can be applied. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I was always just, I've always been into politics, so. I love politics. It's the it's the nastiest, dirtiest game there is. <laughs> is it more dirty than the rap game? Way dirtier. Not even. It's not even comparable. <laughs> it's not even close to being comparable. No, not even close. It makes the rap game look like fucking nothing. To be honest, it's like the the, the decisions people make in politics affect everyday people's lives. So that alone places it in a different realm. So like, yeah, way more dirty. I mean, how was it to see the insurrection go down? Because from over here, from my standpoint, it was like, you know, like Olympus has fallen or something like that. It was crazy, but it's like, I can't even imagine what it was like for you guys over there seeing that shit go down like live on TV. I mean, I expected it. <laughs> so like I didn't expect that specifically but eventually something stupid like that was going to happen so you know I, I don't know uh, it wasn't it's only surprising because I can't believe they let themselves get exposed like that so like you know like the facade is gone now nothing they say is real it's because they once you, once you beat a cop with a blue lives matter flag you know, all your points go out the window it's like you don't have a point. You just want to do what you want to do and not be questioned. So your your points will adapt. You're a liar. So like, that's just what that exposed. I that, that's the the only part that's shocking is that they allowed that to happen. They let themselves get to that point and let that happen. It's like, damn, that was stupid. But that's not my issue, man. That's a white people issue. They got to figure that shit out. My black ass is at the house. I don't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> White people got to collectively come together and figure out what the fuck that was because black people will sit this one out. <laughs> For sure. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. If these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Are you going to take the vaccine? Man, look, man, I'm a, <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question. It's like, I don't want to, but I mean, eventually it probably going to end up having to. So, but like, I'll say this, I probably end up taking it, but I don't want to. So I'll put it that way, but I will do it. I'm not like, you know, I don't know. 
it's just like I don't have no reason to trust anything the government does, really. <laughs> so like I don't know. That's why I don't really want to take it. But like, yeah, do I want to get back to doing shows and shit? Absolutely. So, yep, I probably get vaccinated, but I haven't got it yet. Yo, man, I, I take it. I don't care. I'll take all the vaccines. If it means I can get back, can I get back to normal? Yeah, give me that one, that one, that one. I'll do it. I really don't care. Like, He's going to take all that shit, huh? <laughs> I'm too, I'm too distrusting, man. I'm way too distrusting. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i going to take it too. It doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> it's kind of like whatever. With the new project, right? What track means the most to you? Because it's like you said, it's it's very, it feels more focused than your other work. Like, and it, it feels more evolved. It's dope. It's all dope. But from you personally, like, what track means the most to you? I don't know. Maybe Panic Room, because I got to work with James Blake on it. So I think maybe that one is my favorite. Like, I really like the way it came together. I like that I got to work with my idol one of my idols. So I think maybe that one is my favorite, either that one or the first track. So how did that hookup come about? How did you manage to work with him? Um, we just were hanging around and he just gave me some beats and I we just worked on it. We just worked it out like that. I just took those beats and like made some stuff. That was just one of the beats I did stuff to. I did stuff to a, a couple of them, but I just let one of them fly. All right, I've only had the EP for a week, so I feel really bad because normally I've cussed people who are like, yeah, 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 track three, track four, and they don't know the titles. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do it on this occasion. But track five was intense. Like, what was going through your mind when you was doing that? This one's for us? Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> I think it's intense. It's just like kind of... Uh, it's just a lot of reality in there. That's all it is. That's just what it looks like when, it's the sound of um, people being hypocritical and having that shit bounce back at them because they don't know how to like, they don't know how to, uh, they don't know how to have, they haven't discovered accountability yet, but they want to gatekeep everything. So it's just like, okay, well, what about this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what about this? And then what about this? And what about this? We can go on forever, but it's like, if you don't have any accountability for yourself, how can you police anybody else? And who told you you could do that? So I guess maybe that's why it's intense, but it's not intense to me. It's just reality. I didn't do shit. They did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, it might be a little bit intense, but it's not It's not that bad. It's very It's very calm. No, it's, it's the, I love it. And I, I, love, I love intense shit. I love raw shit. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm like... It's going there great, you know, so it's dope. Uh, I love all of that shit, so. For sure. How easy is it to go against the grain? Because you're different to everybody else out there. I don't, I don't, I couldn't compare you to anyone. Sonically, lyrically, everything, conceptually, you're in your very, very own lane. Like, how, how easy is it to stand alone like that and... I mean, it's not that hard, man. It's just me being myself. I'm not really trying to stand out. It's just me just existing. The only thing that makes me stand out is other people being normal, I guess. But I'm not really trying to stand out. I just 
do my thing. It just stands out because I'm not really influenced by anybody. So that's really it. It's not really hard to go against the grain. It's just kind of naturally how I'm wired, I guess. What would you attribute that free thought to? Because there's some artists, they're just, they're just going for the jugular. They're going for the charts. They're going for whatever's in. They're going for the same time of beat. But what, what would you say is maybe helped you or maybe helped influence you to be um, that kind of assertive and confident in your approach to making music? Uh, probably people saying it's not good. <laughs> or just like not understanding it but then once it started making money pretending to understand it it's like okay <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> it's like because I, I, have, I haven't changed anything I do I'm the same person so to see people who didn't support it before now try to support it because it makes money it's just like okay well <laughs> why do you expect me to respect you you know it's just like i i know you're not being honest <laughs> so like that's that's just kind of how i feel about it who else are you feeling from the uk man you know gotta give a shout out to slow tie you know um shit man new people in general like Loyo, fucking uh little sims there's a lot. I mean, uh, just in general, like Lifetime, you talking about the Beatles or some shit? <laughs> I'm, I'm, yo, wh- whatever answer you want to give, I'm cool with. Like, whatever. What, just, I mean, I like, I, I like the newest stuff like that. I like UK Drill a lot. I like stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Just like, there's a lot of good UK artists out there. There's, um, I mean, we'll probably never see them again because of COVID, but <laughs> they're there. <laughs> But yeah, I like I, I like like slow time, little sims, people like that. We're at a point now where 2020 was pretty fucked up. I think one of the coldest lows was right at the end with you know the revelation about what happened to MF Doom. That was crazy. Yeah, man, that really sucked. That was like um I'm really sad I never got to meet him because he was really, you know, he meant a lot to a lot of people who are like me. Like, it's not cool to be black and weird at the same time. They don't let you be black in anything. You got to be black and act like everybody else does. The gatekeeping on blackness is so strange to me. So, like, I just appreciate people like MF Doom so much. And I hated seeing people say RIP to him that never fucking cared about him at any point when he was living and breathing. And it just, it exposed to me how fucking fake people really are, especially in the industry. There's a lot of fake ass niggas, yo. But RIP MF Doom because he was never fake. There's nothing fake about MF Doom. And like, I will try to keep his legacy going as, at forever because like he meant everything to me. And, and people like that mean everything to me. Black people who do not let themselves get fit in no fucking box like he died a legend. So like, I love MF Doom and like, that's all I can say, man. I really, I really, really hurt. I'm so sad I never got to meet MF Doom. That's the, that's one person I seriously wanted to just like shake his hand. I didn't even need to work with him or nothing. I just wanted to talk to him and like, just talk, just have a heart to heart 
with the man who made Operation Doomsday. You know what I'm saying? Just a heart to heart with this person, with King Ghidorah, the man himself in the flesh. But like, yeah, rest in peace to MF Doom, man. It's really sad. I grew up as a fan of leaders of the new school, Grand Nubian and KMD. And it yeah. really is very, you know what? I, I, I kind of feel bad that it is only at that point that I've realized how the geniuses was to be able to constantly reinvent himself and constantly keep it moving and constantly change and but still keep that purity over such a long period of time. I didn't realize how long it was. Like it was only when you look back and, you know, I was in, I was in a clubhouse room with just Blaze and there's loads of other people. Everyone was just paying tribute. It was, it was, it was really surreal because it was like New Year's Eve, like or the, just for us, it was just after New Year's Eve. It was kind of like that, that was the blow to close 2020. It's like if 2020 was a messed up year, that was it. Because you, you never thought anything would happen to him. You didn't, you know, you didn't, yeah, kind of still don't know what like, happened. He seemed like immortal almost, just like his persona and everything was just so like ageless, timeless. So it just like him, him, him passing away, yeah, it was really shocking. Like, it's just like, it's really sad, man. Like, yeah, he was, yeah, third, he, he was around for like since the 80s with KMD, Peach Fuzz, and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? For so long, he was around for like, he's like hip hop to the core. He's what hip hop really is about, like, doing your thing and just like, uh, yeah, uh, there'll never be another person like that to ever exist. I really just, I hope all the artists who are influenced by him, like, work as hard as possible to keep his legacy alive. Cause like, that's all you can do at this point. But yeah, I, I didn't even, I, I, I almost didn't even want to react to that online. I don't, I don't like really reacting to people's deaths online. Cause I just, there's something like, I don't know. And there's nothing against anybody who does cause everybody does, but there's something like disingenuous coming from me. It feels like, I'm just like, if I didn't talk about this person when they were living, I'm not gonna just all of a sudden RIP them. You know, I'll I'll wish I'll do it in private and all that stuff, but I'm not gonna publicly try to get points off of their death. But MF Doom, nah, fuck that. Like I had to say something because he literally is like embedded in my flow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was a knee-jerk reaction. I couldn't actually believe what I was looking at. So yeah, man. I could talk about that all day, honestly, because I didn't I have I still I'm still processing that low key, but like yeah, I really it's really sad not happening here. You know, you know what's crazy now is the fact that looking at the artwork now is it was always like the artwork is what it was. It was always amazing. It was always incredible and everything else. But now it's like, yeah, that shit's immortal. Like when you see the covers now, you see what he did with his mask. When you see what graffiti artists are doing around the world with with the murals and everything else and the pieces. For me, it's like destined to be immortal. You know, it, it really yeah. does live on through the art, not just the music, like the art, the covers, the iconography, the mask, everything. It's like he really created something special. Yeah, he did. He created like it's a, a world in its own. And yeah, it is like it, it's going to age. It's going to last forever because like it, it was already timeless when it was um, released. 
people already realized how good it was, you know, even if it was like a cult fan base. But now in death and his news of him spreading, yeah, now everybody can see how great this guy really was. And like, they can see like all that art and like, you know, yeah, the match, they can like understand the story and like, I'm glad to see so many people put respect on him when he passed away. That was really, I was really happy to see that. Like everybody, I didn't see one bad comment really. It was just like all respect. I hear that. I hear that. Do you personally, is there any specific moment in, in your music where you could say, yeah, this was influenced by that or I took this from that and this is what, this inspired me to do this track? Um. Yeah. I mean... Let me think. <laughs> I'd have to think back, but I'm sure you could find something. Like, um, I have a song called Cutie Pie that kind of sounds like this MF Doom song called Cookies. But right. that wasn't on purpose, to be honest. That, that might have been subconscious. I, like, I, I wasn't, I had, was not thinking about that song when I made it. But subconsciously, I maybe heard the song so many times that it just came out that way. But um, you can probably find instances like that. That's just, you can find that in anybody's work. You can trace something anybody does now back to somewhere because like we all listen to something to like do this so you recently tweeted rock and roll is so absolutely positively dead as fuck at this point what y'all even mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah it's I mean just the truth like what's going on in the rock you tell me what's happening I mean, I'm I'm not a rock and roll guy at all. Like, I'm really not that rock guy. But my manager was like, oh, my God, what's he talking about? And I was like, what's happening? Like, and shout out to Nikita. And she was like, I never heard back from her. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm saying, like, for you personally, what, what, what do you think's missing? And what, what were you a fan of? And that, you know, because a lot of people would be very afraid to say that, like, especially people in rock. But, like, for you, you as a fan of music, where do you think it's gone wrong? Well, for me, it's not coming from a place of constructive criticism. If I said that about hip hop, it would it would be the constructive criticism. Me saying it about rock is meant to be disrespectful. I don't know what they can do. They can't do shit. They can just lay down and die. Like there's nothing left. They stole. They fucking the original. The people that all these niggas now look up to, the Eric Clapton's and them, they stole that shit from niggas to begin with, and then they, you know what happened? They took it and never evolved it at all in 70 fucking years. And now look at you. Where are you now? Because you're stale and you can't evolve and you think you're too good. So there's nothing left to do. Just die. Just fucking fade away because it's like it's already happening. So there is nothing to do. (laughs) It's not like constructive criticism. It's just meant to be disrespectful. I'm just sitting on their grave, really. I don't really care what they think about it. If they have an issue with it, I live in Los Angeles and a lot of them do too, so. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's it. <laughs> it's like, I don't, really, I don't really know what else to say about that. So is Rock and Roll dead? For sure. I mean, again, you tell, you tell me what's going on with Rock. I don't have a clue, seriously. You know what? I like Nirvana. Um, that's from the 90s yeah I know I know I, 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 yo 
I, I like Nirvana too. <laughs> I like I like the biscuit. I liked early Slipknot. I liked all all that nineties stuff was dope. All of that, the videos, everything about it was crazy. Like the late nineties to the early nineties. Like I'm I'm not a rock guy, but it caught me. But since then, I I ain't seen nothing. There's nothing that's caught my ear. Like I'm not looking for stuff like that. But you know, I, I like Nirvana. <laughs> That's the point. And it's like, you know, I mean, culturally, like, because, you know, of course, there's rock people that still make money and tour and shit, but I'm just saying they're not. Where are they? <laughs> where are you? Like, who, who is who's the hottest nigga in rock? I can tell you who the hottest nigga in rap is. Pooh Shiesty. Who's the hottest nigga in rock? Go. Nobody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So again, whatever. Anyone who's upset at the truth, I'm in Los Angeles. Wow. All right, all right, you know, all right. <laughs> so look, 2021, right? You've got a second EP. Um, people are about to hear that. that it's, it's, it's about to do great things. I think, I think you're going to win a lot of new fans out of it. But how do we maintain for the rest of the year? Because it's like 2020 was some fuck shit. Um, 2021 early days remains to be seen but from your own perspective and, and, and words from, from JPEG Mafia you know how, how can like new artists or like that kid in the bedroom like succeed like to get their music out there like for you like what advice would you give to anybody coming through who may be different like on a different path or not doing the normal thing um I think that for anybody coming up right now, it's the best time to get your music heard because everything is everything is not on an equal playing field because big artists still have big backings and so on and so forth. But like, um, this is the best time to get your, this is the best, most equal playing field it is for you to just like get your stuff heard since there's no live shows, everything is, your entire presence exists in, online and in real life. So these are the things you have to work with. You have to adjust to the times until, um, until further notice. So I don't know what that means. I guess TikTok more or some shit. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that shit means. Yo. Get on TikTok, nigga. And that's my advice. Uh, get on TikTok. <laughs> that's it. No, I mean, honestly though, like, yeah, just, take advantage of the fact that everything is on a more equal playing field because like we're all inside. So. Are you, are you feeling the benefit of that yourself? Like I've, I've said it as well. I've said it's like, a, it's a cultural reset. I've been telling everybody that it's like, just, just get it in. Like no matter what you're trying to do, just do it. Like don't, don't sit at home. Just go for it. You know? Yeah. Um, it was at first it was like, it was like a good like break, but now I'm just bored. I just want to like do anything else. <laughs> I'm just like indulging in all my vices in the wrong way. You know, I'm actually really glad I'm not on Clubhouse because I'd probably get killed. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure at some point I'd say something to the wrong person and be like, nope, we got to get that nigga out of here. <laughs> but uh yeah i'm just in, indulging in all my vices and um just becoming a worse person in general 
and just like whatever man i don't know i don't know what to do we're all locked up everyone's going crazy my president is white <laughs> fuck it <laughs> joseph rolex biden <laughs> you know <laughs> bro you're killing me you're killing me I'm, I'm, I'm trying to end the positive note and it's just like you know oh shit um yeah <laughs> yo I mean look man yo stuff is good though there's some good stuff out there the EP's coming out everything's good <laughs> Hey, put it this way, it's easy for me to catch up with you than it was before, so something good's come out of it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I'm in, I'm in a better space than I was then, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. All right, well, listen, like, thanks for taking the time out to do this. You know, new EP's dope. I'm going to be playing it on my show. And, yeah, just, just stay up, man. Like, I'm trying, you know, man. We're, we're over. I, I feel the same, but i got to switch it on. If I don't switch it on, I'm going to end up kicking tables over and shit so listen man you look look you have something in you you have some maturity in you that i'm lacking because i just i can't flip it on man i go i try to flip it on and that shit just the lights go out on me i'm like fuck it <laughs> so i you know i appreciate that maturity in you but i, I appreciate you you telling me that though all right well look stay safe Take care, and um, we'll see you soon. We'll see you, we'll sure, see, man. see you soon in the UK, man. All right? For sure. Thank you, man.